0: Good morning, lovely Olive Tree. How are you guys? Are you good? It's so great to be with you. Um, So it's been such a great series and today is actually our last episode of this series. We're wrapping up today on relationships. Um, Personally, I haven't been in the room much over this series. Um, We have a two, a nine and 11 year old. Two year old has got um, attachment to mom deluxe. She won't leave my side. Um, I can barely go to the bathroom without her on my lap. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And my 11-year-old plays soccer on a Sunday. So it means I'm between the kids' church room and between soccer fields, and I'm trying to watch on my phone and listen. Um, but I personally have loved the series. I think it's been so great. I've been in touch with a few people who maybe don't come to church so regularly, and I've just been getting such beautiful feedback on what this series has been like. So I just want to say well done love. It's been awesome. Well then team, it's been such a good series. Thank you for blessing us with it. Um, So we have looked at over the last four weeks, I think we have looked at um, marriage being something that God can use to refine us and to make us more in the image of Christ. He's very clever. When Ross and I got married, I would never ever have thought I was starry eyed, very starry eyed. I would never, ever have thought that marriage was going to be the number one tool in my life that God was going to use to make me look more like Jesus. Um, But yeah, God is very smart and very wise. And he has indeed used my marriage to make me hopefully look more like Christ. And that can be an encouragement to us because if some of you are here today and maybe you're in a marriage that is difficult or it's hard or you've been in a challenging season, marriage is not for the sole purpose of making you happy. Marriage is to glorify God, to take comfort. Then we've also looked at connection um, and how connection isn't necessarily built around agreement, but connection is actually built around empathy. So understanding each other better. Um, this morning, Ross um, said to me, no, 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 in order for me to preach, he, he actually called me on Wednesday. He was, he was in Joburg, he was like, please, can you preach on Wednesday because I've, I've had such a hectic week and it would really help me. So I was like, yeah, sure. And then he very quickly added a PS. He was like, I'll take the kids. I'll take Levi." I was like, no problem. I'll preach every Sunday. And you can have the kids. So this morning, quarter to seven, I'm like getting ready. I'm so happy. I'm leaving the house with no attachments. It's been glorious. He took care of the kids last night, did all the wake-ups. I was like, I will literally preach every Sunday. This is so amazing. Quarter to seven though, he's like, I'm gonna message your mom for some help. I was like, Oh, yeah, (laughs) kids are hard. (laughs) Um, But anyway, empathy. Hey, I have so much empathy. I totally understand what it feels like on a Sunday to preach. It's wonderful. (laughs) Um, Empathy, beautiful. Connection. um, Learning and understanding that in marriage, marriage is more about learning to become the one than finding the one. And even that in itself, it sounds like a really little beautiful phrase, but it's actually really hard. Maybe for some of us here who are married today, or if you're not married today, you think that there might be someone out there who will be a better fit for you, or who will fix some of the problems that you experience, or some of the pain that you have inside of you. You're like, if I just find that one person, things will get better. Or you're married, and you're thinking, uh, this isn't quite working, but if I find someone else, I'm sure someone else will do a better job at loving me. And actually, what it's supposed to be is how can I do a better job of loving the one that I'm with? So it's been such a great series, and I'm so excited. Today, Tim's going to help me wrap up. Um, Tim, don't you want to make your way up onto the stage? You guys, give him a round of applause. Um just while Tim's getting comfortable. So Ross said to me, if there was gonna be a um, title for today's sermon, it was gonna be, I married a slob. Or no, wait, you're married to a slob. That's what he said to me on Wednesday on the phone. So I was like, oh, okay. So now I was like, are you married to a slob? Or am I married to a slob? I'm not quite sure (laughs) where he was going with that one. But um, today is about dysfunctional behavior. And I know that in our own marriage that there have been lots of areas where I have had dysfunctional behavior. Um, I don't know how much, I haven't heard all of Ross's uh, messages from the last few weeks, but Ross and I have a really beautiful testimony in terms of from our own marriage. There were a few years within the first six years of our marriage where I wasn't sure that our marriage was going to make it through. There were numerous aspects of our marriage and our lives that were really in ashes, that were so, so hard. And I can totally give testimony and tell you that I know what it feels like. I understand what it feels like to be in a place where the one that you love, the one that you want to love you, the one that you're married to, where you guys aren't getting each other, where you're not connected and where it's really painful. And it is such a good thing now to be able to sit here and be like, I know what it feels like, but God has made something beautiful. God has redeemed our ashes and made them beautiful. Um, And so if you need hope here this morning, stay. I want to encourage you and just say persevere. If you feel like you're married to a slob, if you recognize some dysfunctional behavior in your spouse, if you see dysfunctional behavior maybe in your kids or in your family members that you love, I want to encourage you and just say Stay, persevere, keep your eyes on Jesus. He is the God, you stay connected, Tim, and he is the God who can redeem all things. Good. Good, hi. Hello. So, Tim and I are super excited. We um, we might get some signals from the sound desk because we could talk for about an hour. And so we're probably gonna go on a little bit long. This is like a great conversation between friends. So you might see some people at the back madly waving at us to get off the stage. So... Basically, you guys are gonna be privy to a conversation that we're gonna be having about dysfunctional behavior and those that we love and what we can do, um, how to deal with it, what we can do about it, and how to keep our eyes on Christ in the midst it, yeah? Hi, welcome. Good. Nice to have you.
1: Like, you've got two feelers on stage, so this is gonna get interesting. Yeah, so good. You're not gonna hear from the intellectuals today.
0: (laughs) What are you saying? I'm intellectual. (laughs)
1: You both. Thank you're you. Both. Bless you. I'm definitely not intellectual. Oh,
0: you're totally intellectual. Okay. So lots of banter. Um, Tomo, before we get mm. into maybe some of the nitty-gritty about ah, what we can do um, practically around dysfunctional behavior in those that we love, maybe let's start by unpacking some of the um, the power dynamic that happens. I mean... There are so many self-help books that are out there, and those of you who maybe like to read and try and get tools to help you in your relationships, um, there are so many tools that are great to use, but essentially, we need one thing at the center of our relationships, Christ, yeah. and that is really what sets us apart as Christians. It's not, it's not the amount of psychological tools that we have, but knowing the one that we have at the centre of our relationships.
1: 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the very heart of it. That's what we're going after to start with. I yeah. think the reality is most people don't think this through, but, but we're not just bodies interacting. We're not just talking some words and doing some stuff together. We have spirits. Yeah. Um, there are emotions involved. There is a whole bunch of thinking involved. And, and so where we are at the core of ourselves, we're spiritual in nature. You, you've got to have that in line. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't get that without Christ actually waking you up because we're spiritually dead before we actually come to him. Um, but the big thing I, I really want to focus on here is that we are, within our relationships, there are, there are, are two spiritual powers at work. Yes. Now, now, those spiritual powers is love and fear. They're not just... Emotions. Yes, you know we like to think well we feel love and we feel fear, but, but mm. really they're spiritual powers. And if you don't believe me, if you go to uh, to Timothy, one verse seven says this: For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but mm. a spirit of love, power, and sound mind. In other cases, it's self discipline, and which is self control. Mm. Um, and so we're, we're very clear here already, just by that, that this is not just how we feel. There, there's, a, yes. there's a war going on yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and the reality is, there's two, and what Paul is saying to Timothy is like, there's a choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if he's going, if he's telling Timothy here he, that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, it means mm-hmm. Timothy has had a spirit of fear at some point. Mm-hmm. And there is a choice which one you're going to partner with. And the ramifications are massive. And I think the first thing I want to say is that like, without Christ at the center of your life, choosing a spirit of love becomes very difficult.
0: 100%. And it can't be sustained.
1: No. And it cannot be sustained. So yeah. your natural way is that you're going to choose whatever emotion you're feeling. Yes. And when we get into tense times, that's fear. Yes. And sometimes that goes to anxiety.
0: Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself... Mm. So what are the relationships in my life where I, in the moment, have a choice between acting in a spirit of fear or acting in a spirit of love? And Geordie, bless him, um, children are brutal and beautiful. (laughs) And... um, he, different personalities, you need a different set of parenting skills. However many kids you have, you need that many different sets of parenting skills. So we have three sets of parenting skills. So for Jordi, he, um, he gets caught in moaning sometimes, and I hate moaning, hate moaning. And this is probably one of the things that really pushes me over the edge. So he starts moaning and griping, and I can go from zero to 100 in two seconds. So most of the time, I would like to say that I pride myself in displaying self-control with my parenting skills, but when Geordie is moaning, I can get to shouting and throwing my arms up in the air and being angry, you know? But what you're saying is that in that moment, there is a choice for me that I can choose, and I know what's going on, I've thought about this long enough, I'm wanting to remain in control. So when Geordie's moaning, and it looks like he's going to win the argument, around staying on the Xbox for another 15 minutes, even though I've been asking him for half an hour to get off. I know that there's a, the, re- the reaction inside of me is, I'm your mother, I'm in control, you need to listen to me. And if you don't listen to me, I'm gonna show you that you need to listen to me. But I'm reacting out of a spirit of fear because I'm, s- I'm scared that he's not gonna recognize that I'm his parent, that he should listen to me, and I'm actually scared of losing control. Mm. And so I raise my voice, I shout, yeah. throw my arms up in the air, um, and so that, for me, as a baseline of reacting out of spirit of love and not a spirit of fear yeah. is so practical.
1: It is, and it's, it's so hard because, especially in the parenting space, that's where we've got little ones that want to push the boundaries, and so... Yes. Um, as parents, while we want to maintain control, sometimes they, we don't think, well, I'm not feeling fear, but you're operating in fear because totally. you're putting that into your kids
0: totally,
1: in order for them to obey Yes, um, and not choosing a spirit of love going, well, that might look differently. And that can, that can be in anything. That can be with friendships. That can be in the workspace. Yeah. I know, I mean, anywhere where you have a little bit of authority, it's so easy to go, well, I'm going to use fear yes. to get you to do what, I'm, what, what I need you to do. Yes. Um, even in our marriages, yeah. you know, I, I, I've, I haven't got this right at all, but I've chosen a spirit of love and decided to serve my wife in two specific areas uh, because one, the one thing she does struggle with is packing a dishwasher correctly. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm one of those guys where if that plate faces the wrong way, <laughs> and if like the forks and the spoons aren't facing upwards... Like it, it drives me nuts. I'm only
0: laughing because I'm the same.
1: Oh, oh, there we go. And then hanging the washing. I will, I've chosen to serve her by hanging the washing correctly on the line because I don't enjoy when things. I know,
0: it's so irritating when they crumple over. it. Yeah. When they crumple it and then yeah. it doesn't dry.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm a poor <laughs> maximum effect for whatever you're doing. And so um, I, do I serve her in those ways. I have interested. chosen not to raise my voice anymore.
0: But do you do it begrudgingly? Not anymore. Oh, well done. <laughs> I it, sometimes... it, was, it was a test
1: of my character. I've grown in character. It's helped me grow in my character. Because
0: well I still repack the dishwasher, but I do it begrudgingly. Oh. I do.
1: No, I've just I've just told Sam she can't touch it.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so clearly we're not married to dysfunctional people. No.
1: No, definitely not.
0: But I Sam,
1: Sam might be. <laughs> Sam might be married to one. But um.
0: You're not dysfunctional, baby. Um but I can really recognize areas like the dishwasher mm. and others in my life where I display dysfunctional behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us about what we can do when our spouse is behaving like a slob. How can we change them?
1: Because mm. don't, don't we all want to know? <laughs> this is going to be so fun. <laughs> okay, well, I think bottom line, Amy, you cannot change them. Yeah. Let's be honest here. Like at the end of the day, God has chosen to create us equal. Hmm. He's chosen all of us to be powerful in nature, and by that, He's chosen us to to not be victims. So while we can be victims of specific behaviors, He's He's created us in a way that doesn't mean we remain victims.
0: Yeah.
1: But we cannot change the other person.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, um, the one thing I want to do is read Romans eight here. And then I'll get to the point. Um, And Romans 8 says this, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer um, loves us? If we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death, as scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day, we are being uh, slaughtered like sheep. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. the other version that most people know more than conquerors yes. in Christ Jesus, who yes. loved us, and so so often we'll apply that to big circumstances. Yeah. Um, some of us wavered in that during COVID, yeah. but uh, we don't really look at that and go, "Well, we're more than conquerors in our relationships." Yeah, we okay. we, we we never ever apply this to a relational context, but mm. that is very much so. Mm. And what it is saying is that you, we are overwhelming conquerors by remaining in Christ's love. Mm. Like that is where it's at. And so wherever you're at, before you even worry about the other person and what their behavior is, you need to go to God and be filled with his love. Mm -hmm. Ross said something similar with the the blazer analogy. Mm -hmm. Um, That is step number one. Mm -hmm. You're going to God and you're going, Jesus, I'm not depending on this other person. That might be a spouse. It might be a girlfriend, boyfriend. It might be Mm -hmm. even your mom or dad i 'm not going to require their love to fill me so that I can be okay i 'm requiring your love to fill me so I can be okay mm-hmm. and and that 's where it starts and so for me um, we we start there and then because because we're we are now conquerors in Christ mm-hmm. through his love, we get to go right how do I apply this love into this situation? What yes. does that look like so so now I'm, I'm layering this from spirit of love, spirit of fear, going get filled with Christ's love first. Make sure that he is the one that keeps you stable and then go, right, now how do I apply that into so
0: that good. situation? So I'm just going to take a pause there. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking out loud. Yeah. But so when I feel like Geordie is breaking my heart from disobedience, mm. the first thing practically that I actually should be doing is reminding myself of God's love for me mm. Reminding myself of God's love for mm. Chaudi. And it sounds really ridiculous and really simple, but sometimes in a heated moment where you're starting to feel all the emotion get on top of you and you want to assert your authority mm. and remind someone who's in control, actually going back to the basics of okay, I don't need to win this. This isn't about winning. Yeah. This is reminding myself that God loves me and God loves this person. Mm. And how can I connect with them in this moment of pain?
1: Correct. Yeah. So, and this is so often where if we're the victim of someone else's behavior, it actually requires us to be the bigger person. So, if we want them to be the perg- bigger person, they must mean be by the victim. one.
0: Sorry, just unpack that. So,
1: even if it's, um, it, 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 let's apply it to marriage, yes. sarcastic comments or neglectful behavior or yes. cold shoulders or whatever, it doesn't need to be anything big. Yes. So, yeah, let's clarify that actually because if there is. Very good. If we have true victims, and true victims, we're talking about abuse cases. Now we're looking yeah. at emotional abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, and all that. This is a different story, and I think yes. we should probably talk about that. Yeah, just
0: a disclaimer.
1: Just as a disclaimer. When it comes to that, we're not saying, get yourself full of Christ's love and go back into that abusive situation. Yes,
0: absolutely. Like,
1: we, we aren't to tolerate sin like that. Yes. And, and so, that outright, it's I'm a going to separate conversation. Get, yeah, separate conversation, Find someone you trust, but not just a friend. Find a pastor or someone in the authority, possibly a counselor who can help you go, right, here's your next step. Now you need to visit the police station or something. But you need some help to actually deal with that situation. There's too much fear and anxiety going on in that situation to actually think straight.
0: Very good. So if you find yourself possibly in a situation right now where you're experiencing legitimate abuse Mm. on any level... Our encouragement to you today would be to get professional and real help and support. And just as Tim said, that's not necessarily from a friend, um, but there are very clear steps that need to be taken so you can get to a place of wholeness and health. So this conversation essentially about being a victim, when we say that, we're using it a little bit more tongue-in-cheek in the sense that you're experiencing pain in a relationship, but abuse is separate to that.
1: Yeah. 100%. So when I say victim here, I'm going, you're on the receiving end of someone else's poor behavior or poor words.
0: You're on the receiving end of the slob, yes. Yes,
1: that's yeah. very much so. And so when, when you are on the receiving end of that, uh, it's painful in the moment, Yes. but that can be healed. Mm. And first of all, we go to Christ and say, God, I transgressed you so much. Mm. I caused you so much pain. You went to the cross and went through what you did and laid your life down so that you could create connection with me again. Because he didn't come to us going, you bad people, and now I'm not talking to you and I'm going to give you a cold shoulder. Or I'm going to be the one who has emotional outbursts at you. I'm going to go into anger and rage at you. He's going, I'm going to take the pain myself. And show you love mm. and, and, and make an effort to cre- to create a connection with you, and we 've got to follow that example. we have mm. to go, okay, God, I need your love you 've done this for me now, I get to choose spirit of love, and I get to choose behaviors, and I get to choose what I say that 's going to draw me closer to this person mm. so, so even though they 've hurt me i 'm going to make an effort to move towards them yes. show love. Mm. And go, this is hurt. So it's not about not talking about your feelings. You, you need to go, I'm sore. And attach yeah. whatever behavior or whatever words were spoken to that pain. And go, yes. this is now how I feel dishonored. I feel disrespected. When you did this, that, that devalued me. I felt mm. devalued. So good. Whatever it is.
0: Um, I think I have had experiences in my marriage, in my family life, mm. with friends, where I have felt like the victim, and so it is very easy in that moment when someone is causing me pain, and when I don't think it's justified, it is very easy for me in that moment to go, I don't wanna reach out to you because you've hurt me. So you deserve to suffer, or you deserve to be punished, or you deserve to be disciplined, and I am gonna Use a cold shoulder. I'm going to use whatever manipulative behavioral tools I know to tell you that you've hurt me. You know, Mm. but essentially, what you're saying is that sometimes, as the victim, if you're aware of it, we actually all, regardless of where we find ourselves in this relationship dynamic, we all have a responsibility to be the person who reaches out for connection. Yeah, Um, and that's hard. That is not easy when you feel like you're the one who's been hurt. and Contrary, if you are the person who's doing the hurting mm. and you recognize in the moment that you are the one causing the pain, we're all equally responsible to be the one who reaches out yeah. to recreate connection. hundred
1: percent. And it, in a way, it doesn't feel fair sometimes. Yes. But at the end of the day, it's what God calls us to. Yeah. And again, I'm going back to this whole, when you get hurt, like, there, there, you, you get to choose. You can react in the moment, which is going to be, Largely out of emotion and therefore partnering with the spirit of fear, yes. a large part of the time. Um, otherwise, you get to pause and go, I need to react to the spirit of love. I'm not feeling loving right now. Let me go back to Jesus. And my wife actually models this really, really well. So mm-hmm. th- there are times when, if we have, I mean, we've also just been through a season of really, really tough marriage. It um, wasn't as long as yours. Thankfully, it was just a, f- a couple months. But even in those times, if we weren't getting on and we couldn't resolve an argument and we kind of went our separate ways, I would hear some tears in the bedroom, but then I'd hear worship and mm, I'd hear prayer.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Every time. Beautiful.
1: Every time. Like, and, and it's blown me away because she will go and get herself filled up there and then return and go, okay, let's try this again. Amazing woman. Um, and I'm just like, for me, like yeah. that's why she is so strong as a woman is because... Beautiful. She goes to God and, to, and goes, Jesus, I need you and I need your love. And then she comes back and gives that to me, when, even when I didn't deserve it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that for me is, is bottom line. Like that is our calling. Yes. In, especially for relationships yeah. we value. Yeah. Marriages, parents, um, we'll with you, either your parents or your kids. Even in the workplace, like some of these things are absolutely essential. Going like, yeah. God, I can't do this yeah. without you. My emotions yeah. just are all over yeah. the place, you know.
0: Yeah, so good. Just mm. thinking of another example while you're talking. Maybe in a workplace environment, you feel like you're the victim and your boss is the bad guy. Mm. And you keep um, being at the losing end mm. of his or her negative emotion or uh, disgruntlements. And I just want to say that even in that moment, even in a workplace environment, you can choose to keep your love on. Yeah. Um, you can choose to connect, re-engage, tell them what they're doing that's hurting you, but continue to respond out of place of Christ's love. And while you're talking about Sam, it was just such a beautiful picture of her being shaped into the image of Christ. Yeah. So she's experiencing pain, and we would think to ourselves that pain is going to limit us, is going to make it make us less like Christ, but actually when we take our pain to God, it makes us more like Christ.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, it's, it is, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to say on that. I That's okay, while <laughs> you think about it, I have
0: um, another personal story. Geordie, mm. we recently went away, I don't know. Uh, we went away to Pongola for a few nights in the bush and I think Ross was out on a game drive with the kids and I think I stayed in bed with Liv and Ross said to the kids, to Geordie and Gracie, he's really good at having um, intentional conversation with Geordie and Gracie. And he said to them, okay, what is one thing that each of you would like to change about mom and dad? Is that right? Yeah. And I was like, oh. So when he said it, I was like, oh, they must have wanted to change a whole lot about you, love, and not a lot about me. Yeah. <laughs> Jokes. So... um I think he started with Gracie because he was being really kind to me. She was like, no, mom's amazing. She's perfect. She's kind. She gets to Geordie. And Geordie says, no, mom draws really tight circles around me. She puts in all these boundaries around me. And sometimes they make me really sad. I was like, Whoa. Then inside, I was like, but you need boundaries. (laughs) You need tight circles. I'm keeping those in place. They're for your own good. (laughs) But it was a really good, honest reflection for me because he is, he's, he's 11, so we're getting older. And essentially, as we move through childhood, in the same way that as we move through maturity in relationships and as we move through health in our relationships. So the same boundaries that applied five years ago that I was using for Geordie shouldn't still be applied to his life today. Mm. The same boundaries, essentially, that Ross and I may have had in our relational dynamic a few years ago today, where there's greater health and wholeness, don't still apply. But boundaries are so necessary. Mm. Absolutely. Let's unpack boundaries. Cool.
1: Let's do that. Um, I think... The first thing for me, if I I go into like, let's put five points around this. The first thing for me is take courage.
0: Yeah.
1: Because it takes courage. It takes a lot of courage now to have a conversation with someone you love or someone who's hurt you and go, this behavior has hurt me, it has impacted me, and it is disrespectful the way you're speaking to me or it is dishonoring the way you are around me. And therefore, when this happens again, you're going to put in a specific boundary. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's put, think of a, a proper example. So, let's just talk about a heated conversation. And, and, you know, it's so easy to lose our self-control and then rage mm-hmm. or just go super emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going, this now has, res- has reached levels which is now disrespectful. Yes. I want to continue this conversation. So, we're maintaining connection. I want to continue this conversation, but when... We can keep our tones right again, or when we can keep our language on board again. And so, have a calm down. I'm going to go and uh, chill out. When you're ready to have this conversation again, let's try again. Yeah. You know, um, and there's nothing wrong with going. Hey, what we're trying to do here is preserve relational integrity. Yeah. Absolutely. What we're trying to do is preserve the connection that we do have. Mm. And so, so often we think boundaries are self-defensive so it's almost like punishment. Mm. So like when you do this, well now you know if you come home and you're thinking of beer, you're gonna sleep on the couch.
0: Yeah.
1: Or if you come home or whatever it is this late, your cold food's on the table and you're sleeping on the couch. Whatever it is, I don't know. But like you you have to pick one. But there must never be punishment. It needs to be I'm putting this boundary in place which gives us space enough to love each other because right now you can't handle being this close to me. Mm. And so we need to create a little bit of distance which is going to help me actually keep my love on towards you.
0: 100%.
1: Does that make sense? 100%. And I think this is the one thing that going to God and getting filled with his love is first because when when God says he's given us a, a spirit of love, power... Mm -hmm. Power means we get to actually make calls in this thing. That
0: are hard. That are hard. So when it's really hard to be the one who's keeping my love on.
1: Love and power come together and self-control. Yes. So it's love, power, and self-control. Those come as a package, which means we can't choose love and not be self-controlled in our behavior. We still need to go, I have the power to actually bring God's love into this. Okay? And I need to be self-controlled, which means I can't be losing my emotions all over the place. I can't be reacting out of fear or anger or that sort of thing. Now, this is tough, guys. This is not easy. I'm not saying this is like easy stuff. This is stuff that takes practice, but so, so
0: important. Yeah. So self-control, I was actually thinking a little <sighs> bit, I was reflecting on self-con- mm. self-control last night. So that scripture from um, 2 Timothy, mm. um, it says, either self-discipline or self-control. It's not given a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind, mm. Some versions self-control, some versions self-discipline. Yeah. And I just started reflecting on that a little bit in the context of boundaries. And I find that in some areas of my life, I have great self-control. And in some areas of my life, I have really poor self-control and actually can be a bit slob-like. Mm. Um, and there are so many... it's actually when you start looking at the Bible through the lens of understanding that God wants us to have self-control, it's quite an eye-opener. So I think I went through about seven different places in scripture last night that reference having self-control. Titus 2, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, um, Acts, and various versions in Proverbs all speak about what a blessing it is to have boundaries and or what a blessing it is, what a gift it is mm. to us, and how necessary it is for us to have self-control. But as I've been reflecting on it this morning, I'm just like, well, I can't believe the amounts of areas in my life actually where I don't exhibit self-control. Mm. So now Galatians, those of you who know the scripture, say it out loud with me, Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is mm. love, God. joy, peace, patience, patience kindness, goodness, mm faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I was just thinking, the fruit of the Spirit, what that means is that evidence of the Spirit being in my life is that I will continue to exhibit those things um, in greater amounts. So when I'm an immature Christian, when I start out in Christ, I will just have a little bit of love, a little bit of joy, a little bit of peace and patience. But the longer my walk with Christ the greater evidence there should be in me. And where do you see evidence? It's in your interactions with people. And my number one interaction with someone is with my husband. So if I want a really good dipstick of my maturity in Christ and the evidence of the Holy Spirit in my life, it's how much love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Uh. faithfulness, self-control is there. In my
1: marriage. Mm.
0: 100%. That's hard.
1: Regardless of whether I'm the one getting hurt 100%.
0: Enough. There's no mm. byline there that says, but only but only when your behavior, when yeah. you can justify that, you yeah. know, he's the bad guy. Yeah. Don't worry if, he, if he's the bad guy. You're excluded from needing to demonstrate mm. the fruit of the Holy Spirit. No. 100%. Actually, in those hard moments, in the relationships with my colleagues, when they're acting like a slob, Mm. I still, because I'm a lover of Christ, am mm. called to demonstrate these yep. fruit. And actually the longer, the bigger they have to be. <laughs> it's hard.
1: It is hard. It is hard. You know, And that's why for me I'm going, the first thing is take courage, be yeah. filled with Christ's love, be yeah. filled with the Spirit. Yeah. The second thing for me is going, Scripture says if you have an issue with your brother or your sister, you need to talk to them. And yeah. so number two is going, the, the, the hard part of self-control here is that you need to be vulnerable. It's not going, you're a liar, you're a cheat. It's going, or you're a slob. It's going, don't attack the person, attack the behavior. And yeah. going, I'm going after the behavior here. Yeah. So it's going, when you did this, this is how it impacted me. This is how I'm feeling. Yeah. And then you're going to need to communicate a boundary. You're going to need to go, when, when, if this happens again, Yes. here's the boundary. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we can't control the outcome. We can't say 100%. right now you're suddenly gonna say yeah. sorry and now you're not gonna ever do that behavior again. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna be it's gonna have to be I can tell you what I can do. Yes. And what I can do is I can put in boundaries which are gonna maintain respect and honor yeah. and keep my love towards yeah. you. How you choose to navigate that, that's gonna be on you.
0: Yeah, I tried but for I a really long time to control my husband mm. and or um to tell him what he needed to do to change? Mm. How'd it go? Yeah, terribly. Ashes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All around ashes. But isn't that true for, for every relationship? Yeah. You try and control a kid. No. You can probably do it in the beginning. But. As they get older, you're going to be in trouble.
0: Yeah, even the two-year-old. I can't no control one likes it. to be yeah. controlled. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Has
1: anyone ever told you guys like now you need to say sorry? How do you want? How do? What is the natural reaction? You might say sorry, but inside you're going really. Yeah. Like. I'll tell you what I want to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not sorry. Yeah, and it's not sorry, 100%. Yeah. But you can't control that outcome. And yeah. so for me, it's communicating that boundary and then sticking to it. That's yes. the only way, so especially for people who are in repetitive patterns of poor behavior, that boundary, once you communicate it, you better be prepared to hold it mm. so yeah. that they have an opportunity to adjust their behavior as yeah. well. You know? And I
0: just want to highlight again that that boundary that we're speaking about putting in place mm. is not for punishment.
1: No. It's
0: not. It's to create some space Mm. so that I can continue to love you well. Not love you with 20% cold shoulder. Or love Mm. you and still remind you tomorrow that you were a slob and that you hurt me. So the boundary that I'm putting in place is so that I can be 100% Mm. integrous with my love towards you.
1: Yeah. And I I think the final note on that as well is that Boundaries, when they're enforced, actually provide an opportunity for the other person to adjust
0: Beautiful.
1: and move towards you in Beautiful. a way that is respectful, loving, healthy. and honourable. Yeah. So the boundary is not just for you; it's not just for self-protection, mm-hmm. but it's for it's actually you actually giving the other person an opportunity to adjust their behaviour yeah. so that you guys can get connection reconnect. again and reconnect. Very yeah. good. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Do we need to wrap up? Yeah, we need to wrap yeah. up. We've got to get off stage. Wrap up. Um, is there anything else you want to add
1: quickly? I'm going to have to, I want to say something. You guys might listen to me for two minutes. Is that okay? Two minutes.
0: Good. Two minutes.
1: I want to speak to the people who are on the other side of this. Awesome. Because we've spoken a lot about on being on the receiving end. But if you find you're on the other side, the, the, the person is going, I can't have, I'm struggling for self-control. I'm struggling to rein in my emotions. I keep hurting this person, either that I'm married to, or I keep hurting my kids, or I keep even just pushing my friends away and I don't understand why. I can't get this right. Um, and you've tried a whole bunch of different things. Can, can I say, like, with big love, get help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We, we've
1: come out of two and a half years of, man, there's been a bunch of trauma. There's been a whole bunch yeah. of things, you know. I've recently come back from a sabbatical and when, when Ross announced it to the church that I was going on a sabbatical, it was for medical reasons, which was true. But my medical reason was I had completely depleted serotonin, dopamine, and everything. And so I was in actually a very deep clinical depression. And in that space, there is no way I was loving Sam well. Mm. Like, I was not capable. So with my mind, I could see her, and I could acknowledge that she was hurting. But with my heart, I couldn't feel it. Um, And and in that space, guys, that needs needs a clinical diagnosis or that needs someone to go, here's what's going on with you. Because so often when we're in that space, we think things aren't going to change. We lose hope. We move into despair. And then we think we just need to run and go, I need to change relationships. I need to change jobs. I need to change lifestyle. I need to change a whole bunch of things to come right. And none of those things will work. So please get help for that. If you guys are on the other side of this and going, hey, listen, this is not... This is not working, I can't control myself.
0: So good, Timo. thank you, yeah. very good. Cool. I don't know if anyone, I really just feel like there may be some people in the room who possibly either need to repent as we've been speaking, you're recognizing some relationships in your life where you're causing pain, or possibly you're in there's some relationships in your life that are causing you pain. And I just wanna take a moment um, you guys want to take a moment, just to just kind of pray, wrap it up. There's gonna be some people in the front if you would like some prayer who would love to pray with you. Um, and possibly also just if you feel like any of the areas that we spoke about really are resonating with you. Specifically, I'm gonna be asking the Holy Spirit to help me grow in um, self-control. I really want that in, in greater depths in my life. Should we pray? Mm. God, thank you that you first loved us. Just for people in this room where they are living in ashes, where the world is gray around them, where there is so much relational pain, I just wanna speak life and hope. Holy Spirit, would you minister to the depths of their hearts right now? Thank you Jesus, that there is the, all the hope we need is in you, God. Jesus, some of us just need to bring our hearts before you, open them up. Holy Spirit do some deep works, where we have caused pain, where we have violated those that we love or those that we're in relationship with. God, we say sorry to you first. We wanna do it better, but we need you in those moments where it is so easy to get hooked and to react. Holy Spirit, would you just supernaturally minister to us in those moments? Would you supernaturally help us to keep our eyes on you to be filled with your love so that we can act in love God? I wanna ask for um, communities around us that would strengthen us, that would anchor us Moms and dads spiritually who have gone the journey, who have gone the distance in parenting, in marriage, in the workplace, and can remind us that there's a better way. God, would you heal hearts this morning? Bring redemption. God, I just, um, for people getting in cars with spouses or with family members after this message, as, um, where it might be awkward, And you just bring a spirit of humility. I just wanna speak great redemption, Jesus. Great redemption, health and wholeness and life and color over their lives, Jesus, in every way. God, and I want more of the fruit of your spirit in my life. I want the world around me to see more of you in my life. And the way that they'll see that is by the fruit of your spirit in me, Jesus. Please help me. I wanna choose love and I wanna choose self-control, God. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for every life here. Bless them, keep them. Yeah, give them great hope in you. We pray these things in your precious name, Jesus. And everybody said, "Amen." amen. Amen, thank you for being with us. If you need some prayer, please come and join us. There are some beautiful people in the front. I would love to pray with you. If you need any kind of support, we would love to try and help you or point you in the right direction. Have a great Sunday. We love you.